When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. <laughs> I know a ghost story or two. Yeah, Dave likes it. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> People expect me to chime in now. You know what? During the you intro. do it. You're the big host of Expedition Bigfoot on yeah. premiering December fourth. I can do what I want on. Travel Channel. Yeah, I'm stoked. Yeah, dude. I know. We're I know we're sort of in a time future delay, but the uh, well, it'll be airing next week. It'll be airing next week. Wow, that's crazy. Because guess what, everybody? Happy Thanksgiving! If you're listening in the United States wow. of America, that's and you choose gobble, to gobble. Uh, celebrate that holiday. Um, welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson. And filling in again for super producer Riley Bray, we have extraterrestrial producer Grace Mitchell. Thanks, Grace. Hi. (laughs) Um, what was I going to say? Oh, that's right. When you're home for Thanksgiving... This uh, holiday break, make sure when you're hanging around the table to ask your family for their personal paranormal stories. Oh, yeah. You know, grandma's got them. You know, you know, when granddad died, he sent a message to grandma either in the form of a origami animal or putting a ring in a place where she hasn't seen it in a long time like her toe, uh, or, you know, he showed up in a dream. And it'll beat the shit out of talking about weather at infinity. Yeah, and you know mom's got a story that she didn't want to tell you guys when you were little kids because it would scare you. You know mom's been possessed once or twice. You know someone was murdered in the house you grew up in. I mean, you know that it probably they were, but you don't know unless you ask your family. And then when you get those stories, make sure that you write to us at BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com yeah. and tell us all about them. I think that's great advice because you know what? That I think you really will be surprised that your family members um, have stuff they haven't told you about, you know, their sort of odd supernatural paranormal experiences. Yeah, get ready. Buckle up. Okay. Guys digging that let's, sticker, Yeah, huh? let's bring in our guest. Um, that's, we're, I said guests. Oh, yeah. Because we're pulling uh, double duty today. That's right. Uh, she is an actor, performer, and TV host. He is an actor, comedian, and television writer. Together, they co-host a podcast about relationships called I Burn Everything, available right here on Campfire Media. Mm-hmm. Boys and girls, give a warm Club Scout welcome to Stevie Nelson and Dave Horwitz. Yeah! 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 What's up? You got some stickers. I put a sticker on. All right. Is that chill? That's yeah, chill as, yeah. as a That's so chill AF. Chill, right? Yeah. Is it chill yeah. vibe, guys? Yeah, chill vibes, guys. <laughs> What's member. up? I did just 
take something off a bookshelf and slide it to you. It, I, I didn't ask and <laughs> probably should have. Is there any other know. memorabilia, like expensive stuff we could just keep Did, sliding? I could put it in this bags? pocket. We tote. do have those lovely coasters. I'll take those we too. Yeah. Coasters. Sounds just like... pocket those on the way out. Dave's got some <laughs> sticky fingers. <laughs> um, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, now, thank you so much. I think this is the first time we as co-hosts have talked to to other co-hosts yep oh crazy is this like uh, it's gonna be like a co-host off yeah (laughs) yeah sure who's the bryce and who's the michael of your show it's hard to know who the bryce is because we have no idea who does less work (laughs) 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 that's not i'm the michael (laughs) (laughs) who writes the copy for the like you know who who like when the when the episode is posted who's writing the stuff on the on the google sheets I mean, a lot of times it's you, but I will say I did. He does pull his weight. I did recently buy a microphone. <laughs> oh, that's there you far go. more than I've ever done. And, you know, I think that sort of has maybe launched the beginning of a new era for us because this is our, we have, uh, we took <laughs> over, we took, what, a year and a half, a year and a quarter off? Yeah, yeah. Um, And now we're back in a new era. It's 2019. Sharing responsibilities. Wow. Share responsibilities. We can make edits together if something weird happens. We can pull episodes off if Love that. say we have to pull an episode off after two hours of it being up is it a nostalgic vibe or is it a whole new vibe whole new vibe whole new vibe. yeah whole new you guys thing. still burning shit i say we're burning less shit we're burning a lot less honestly and we are a lot letting, less food a lot less relationships we're letting nice. other people tell us what they burn because yeah, yeah, yeah. we have overshared so much in the past (laughs) four years. We have boundaries now. We used to really not. And I, yeah, I let people know so much about me. I'm the sharer. Bryce is the secret keeper. I think I've shared. I was just listening back when I, and I was like, man, I shared a lot about my wife and virginity and all that stuff. So I share. Did you talk about virginity on this podcast? Yes, yes, we did. You definitely talked about masturbation yeah. on Lizard People. Yeah, and if you haven't listened to that, please yeah. go over there and do. That was a fun conversation. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Bryce I, treated his penis very strangely. I when, oh, when I first no. started masturbating, what? I didn't know how to do it, so I I would grab it like this and and give it one of those over oh, the top. No, like yeah. polishing it. Yeah, like polishing it. Yeah, <laughs> with a flat yeah. hand. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. And now you can see yourself in it, so that's good, yeah, right? Right. But I've learned a lot of, of other techniques after that, so I'm much better now. Good. Oh, I wow. recently listened to the episode that you guys did about, um, oh gosh, the app. And why am I forgetting? Oh, oh the, the pattern, pattern app. app. Okay, so friend of the show, Marcy Jaro, told me about it. Yes. I haven't done it yet. Can you explain to our listeners who may not know what the pattern app is and why we should get on it. Oh, it's yeah. wild. So it basically asks, it's kind of like an astrology app without calling itself an astrology app. It asks for like your birthday, um, the time you were born, the place you were born, all these details that would basically like tell you about yourself. And it is hauntingly accurate. <laughs> this is numerology. You're describing yes, numerology. But it is like done, it kind of dumbs it down for like the average person who maybe doesn't believe in it. Mm. So it'll tell you about your relationships, your past, your um, you know, your relationship patterns, what your work and career. It's amazing. 
Have you kept up with it? Yeah. Both of you. Experts on it. I've kept up with it a little less. Uh, I turned off notifications because sometimes, you know, it's 9 a.m. and it's going to tell you what kind of day you're going to have and you you don't want to hear from the pattern. Oh, so it's not just like a one time. This is the life you're sort of born to lead, but it it gives you like today is going to be this. The coolest thing about it is that you can, if two people sign up for it, it can tell you exactly how you interact and how compatible (laughs) you are. And so that's the episode. We read kind of in real time how compatible we are and it was right about a lot of stuff. Oh, wow. But I think it really is so smart to not couch itself in astrology because people who maybe have a chip on their shoulder about it, because it, it does pull up your birth chart. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it must, because all it, it, does. it has yeah, some Yeah, because this... you're giving your birth date, time, and, time. and place, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I and like I, that everyone knows astrology. what time they were born, too. My mom, my mom knows. What time? I think it's 9.33. A.M.? A.M. Although it was Colorado. I can't remember if that's Colorado time or Midwest. I have to double check. Mm. Uh, I can't remember if it was 933 growing up in Kansas. Mm, we got to find out. Or it was 1033. Whatever. I, yeah. I'll find out because I want to do this. Yeah. And find out uh, your guys' compatibility. We yeah, already that's know. A <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing this for two years. You know what's up. <clears throat> we know yeah. what's up. But it would be fun. It's fun to have someone else tell you what's up, though. Something That's about cool. like not having to do any work, and you're just like, they're right about me. I'm going to check it out. I, I, I had this book by uh, this, uh, I guess he was a self-help author, but his name is Dan Millman. He wrote Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Mm. Another one of the books he wrote was The Life You Were Born to Lead, and it was it was hands down a numerology book, and you would enter your numbers and do a certain calculation, and then you would flip to the page, and, and it would tell you like, you know, what to look out for in life, what to, you know, try and achieve. And it, it was, like you guys said, so fucking spot on that it was that it was eerie, you know. That's essentially just like occult practice type stuff. I mean, you know, those hidden arts and, and uh, how people use them. But, yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah, I do too. Live for it. Yeah. Had you, either of you been into astrology at all before this? Yes. Have you, you've gotten your chart done. Yes. And what did, what was your takeaway? Um, my later years, I'm going to get really rich. Ooh. Yeah. That's my only takeaway. That's but great. Don't you feel like better to be rich when later, you're old than yeah. early and then like lose it and then be like an old poor person? Yeah. that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not good. Yeah, I'm excited to be rich. <laughs> <laughs> it's you, it's going to be excited. great. I'm it's excited for it's you. I think I'll be good at it. I think I'll be like really good at it. Did it say roughly when, like when you could expect it? Or? Midlife. Mm, that's awesome. What if you live to Who be knows? 2,000 years old? <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be a while then. Yeah, yeah. hard to quantify midlife because you don't know when you're gonna die. I'm gonna say midlife is gonna be around forty for me. Okay, mm. so I have like twenty more years. <laughs> You'll know when you get rich, right? And then you just double it, and then you've you figured out your death date. Yeah, not that you. How exciting! Know, but yeah, would yeah. you guys want to know if you uh, death when date? we die? Yeah, I don't think so. Probably not. I would love to know. Yeah, really? I, Do you oh, know yeah. how you're gonna die? No, that part I, I want to be a mystery. You're like, yeah, right. it turns out my head's eaten by two <laughs> bears. <laughs> it's not the way I thought it was going to go. Yeah. Uh, Dave, what about you? Uh, any chart done in your your past? Yeah, oh, yeah. I had a very, um, just a very, let's just call, uh, let's call it a spiritual ex. Oh. Oh. Um, who was very into telling you me stuff about You want to call her a, my... a witchy woman? Uh yeah, I mean you know there might be a a script that I wrote where the character based on them is named Rhiannon, but okay, and she <laughs> lived in a homework. bottle, or maybe that not. you found on the beach <laughs> during your career as an astronaut. But uh, but I I don't remember a ton of the takeaways. It would always be kind of to explain 
a certain uh you know point we were at in the relationship right. and i didn't always want to hear it i think i think the pattern i think this episode came along at a perfect time where i was kind of ready to hear some things because it would I, I never felt very um helped by any of this information what but... if you found out your ex invented the pattern <gasps> i'd be like can i have some money because i <laughs> did loan you some i never saw again <laughs> if then how does she know about everyone else who knows? Oh, no. Wow. She might be super. But this, powerful. but this, but actually, they did, this is kind of a witchy uh, ex who would tell uh, people would kind of gravitate toward them, and at parties, uh, I, you know, this would be a person who would be in a corner, and there would be a person that neither of us had ever seen before, who just for like an hour would be either like crying or <laughs> just because my ex was just like, this is what I see for you. Like, and it would, it was, it was very, let me give you some unsolicited advice from the wow. future. But, but it, would, it touched a nerve. It would be uh, at this point solicited. Cause it would, it would sort of be like some people would overhear and be like, Oh, I, you know, I, I've always been good at reading people, et cetera. And then they'd sort of drift over and go, do you me, know, do I me. always, yeah. And then, I'd be looking at my my watch, going, "Hey, are are you done solving this person's life? Right, we got to get out of here." Wow, so great. Sounds not fun at that a party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that wit the whole witch thing is is making a, a giant comeback As, along with astrology. I think it's it's really uh you know coming back and five hundred years in the making. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Nancy Reagan used to be a big uh, astrologer with her when her husband was in office. They would do. You know, like a lot of astrology daily readings really? for his presidency. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, wow. That yeah. seems to really um, clash with uh, uh, <laughs> being responsible for the deaths of a lot of politics. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say killing a lot of uh, people with AIDS. But, yeah. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's probably a fun show. We're trying to have a fun show. <laughs> totally. We don't need I'm to just waiting about... for you to do your Ronnie. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, what what's my reading today? Mommy, I don't remember what my voice sounds like. <laughs> what are you, a Taurus? Oh, uh, that's right. Uh, You're going to be president today. Well, thank you, Mommy. All right. That's, <laughs> All right. That's, uh, uh, before we get to our guest, personal paranormal history, although we, I feel like we got a little preview, uh, we have some... dun dun dun, dun. BCC news. <laughs> what? <laughs> she did it, but there's no it button. Sounded what is like happening? Nothing. We usually have a music button. Riley will put it in cue. later. Wait, don't don't worry about it. I'm I was just laughing because it. it sounded like I'm pulling up my instead news. of that, you were gonna sing the Superman <laughs> thing. Like, the Superman yeah, thing. Yeah, it sounded like No, I was just gonna I do the, the music I cue. know, but it sounded like Superman and okay. it made me laugh. So All right, here we guys, go. Bryce, what do you got? Did you guys hear about this? This really isn't paranormal, but it, it struck a fancy with me. Um, the NPR reports- <laughs> This is about the Kardashians. Latest. <laughs> I'm like, feels paranormal. <laughs> yeah, fashion uh, Secret Air Force space plane lands after more than two years in orbit. Did you guys hear about this? No. no. Did it bring back yeah. the Venom symbiote? The U.S. Air Force's X-37B orbital test vehicle, Mission 5, is seen after landing at NASA's Kennedy Space Center shuttle landing facility in Florida on- on Sunday. So this would have been about, uh, if you're listening now, about three weeks ago. They report after a record-breaking 780 days circling the Earth, the U.S. Air Force's mysterious X-37B unmanned space plane dropped out of orbit and landed safely on the same runway that the space shuttle once used. 
It was the fifth acknowledged mission for the vehicle built by Boeing at the aerospace company's Phantom Works. Today marks an incredibly exciting day for the 45th Space Wing. Brigadier General Doug Scheiss, 45th Space Wing commander, said in a statement, Our team has been preparing for this event, and I am extremely proud to see their hard work and dedication culminate in today's safe and successful landing of the X-37B. Um, and it goes on to talk about more, but as you, if you know me, I don't like to finish the articles. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so that there's a picture of it too, but it was, uh, I just thought it was like so cool to know about this... Um, you know, unmanned space flight that's been um, orbiting Earth for the last two years doing these sort of secretive wow. experimental missions, you know? So. It's just like taking wow. pictures of people sunbathing naked. Yeah, who yeah. freaking knows? But uh, it definitely looks like the uh, the shuttles of old, you know? Um, but it's crazy. So I don't know why I brought that in, but I just thought that reminded me of, uh, I don't know, something... Something cool. Yeah, like how'd, a spaceship. Yeah, yeah, how did it have that much fuel? Well, two one, years? Yeah, once you're in Earth's orbit, you really don't need to uh, oh. to use too much fuel. I mean, it, there's a certain position that you can get just out of uh, out of Earth's uh, uh You just ride that gravity. gravitational yeah. wave, baby. Wow, yeah. guys, go I didn't orbit. know that. Like, that's no, what satellites I didn't know that. do. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, so that's what the... Wow. Oh, All you'll God. need is just enough fuel to like kick back in to 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 bust out of that orbit. So that I wasn't saying oh a, God to you. I was saying oh God because I'm trying to access another article and it keeps unlocking me. I'm oh, so sorry. do you have some BCC news? Well, I don't really, but you reminded me that today I, I read an article about how the um, Voyager two just marked a milestone of exploration. This is from National Geographic, becoming the second spacecraft ever to enter interstellar space in November oh, 2018. Wow. So they're getting all these images back now from the Voyager two, which mm-hmm. was launched like back in the seventies. And these guys, oh. Voyager one and two, are both way out now. They're past the heliosphere out into interstellar yeah. space and they're sending like these wild pictures back one of them looks like a giant eyeball oh looking, that's a I mean, trip. what is it i don't know it's some sort of you know cosmic cluster do you guys know about the gold record that was sent on the voyager one mm-hmm. no yeah it has uh it has a few vitruvian man vitruvian, the vitruvian man? man yeah it has uh just information about our human species and our planet in general it's just like a uh it's got a, the a quick facts <laughs> that was sent off into space you know it was wow. Carl Sagan, right? Yeah, and Carl Sagan contributed. Yep. Yeah. And they the... put Monster Mash on there. Mm-hmm. No, they did. <laughs> yeah, you have to. <laughs> this the mash. We have to explain this the, the human race. They're like, this to is them. a hit. We got this is the biggest this song of all, all time. We, like. we have to put <laughs> it on there. Everyone can agree on this one song. Yeah, we took a poll, and this is our only song for <laughs> oh Earth. Oh my god! Actually, I think "We Are the World" is on there, isn't it? Or, no, no, that's or, way after. There's a song. There's a Beatles song or something, isn't there? The Beatles. I don't know. You'll look. Isn't there like his? Yeah, you do the work, listener. There's like some some kind of heartwarming like this this is the the voice of my children you know it's really like the instagram of gold records because they really <laughs> sort of chose all uh, of like our highlighted best moments curated. of curated like, curated like working together uh, and like they they really kept they out get here the and they're like and... we've been catfish yeah <laughs> people suck we've been duped again <laughs> they're way bigger than they appear to be they're a mess. Yeah, seriously. Uh, they don't, yeah, whatever. Um, okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's time for our friend's personal paranormal history. Cool. We're back. Bigfoot Collectors Club with I Burn Everything. 
It's nice to be back. It could be a threat. The it name is. Of your mm-hmm. I burn everything. It is. Just wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Stevie, Dave, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you guys? Uh, what What is your personal paranormal history? What do you got? I have three stories, and they're short. Holy shit. Oh my! Okay. Goodness. I have three stories. Now, I will just say, you don't have to have stories. You can talk about things that you thought about as a kid, or growing up, or maybe your family, or if there was like a local urban legend. Or any of that kind of stuff, or anything you were scared of, any, 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 and all of that, we will take. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, tell me if this is paranormal to you. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> when? <laughs> so I'm fucking a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Dan Aykroyd did that. You know? So I'm yeah, in a relationship with a ghost. Um, okay. So when my grandma was in hospice, and um, I took a nap, and when I had a dream. That she came to me and she told me that she had died. And I was like, very cool. I'll let people know. And I woke up from the nap and my mom walked into the room and was like, hey, your grandma died. And I was like, I know. She told me. Wow. <laughs> she came to you because clearly you had no emotional reaction to Zero. it. Zero. You're like, cool, no. cool. I'll let the family very know. Very chill. Thanks, grandma. Um, <laughs> no, it's very sad. But that was really crazy. Wow. Yeah. So people do come to me in my dreams. That's for sure paranormal. That's paranormal for 100%. sure. And, that, and and we hear stories like that quite often. There really? seems to, yeah, that there's absolutely a phenomenon that takes place with people passing and communicating their yes. passing on to loved ones close, even before they pass or right after they yeah. pass. There's this wasn't it Brittany and Shibashi who said in the Japanese culture that they have like yeah, there's like a window of time. Three days where a soul that's it takes three days for a soul to leave this um, realm and pass into the other. Mm-hmm. So they spend like those three days like checking in with people, leaving messages. That's kind of like where where their presence it. can be seen. Yeah. That's cool. Felt. That's so cool. Um, my second one was uh, my mom's dachshund, Batman. He he died very young. He died like too young. He was like three. Aww. And he came to me after he died. It was within that window. It was like the day after he died to tell me to report to my mom that he's okay, but he's now a seal in Nova Scotia swimming with all his friends. And then I woke up and told her and Googled seals in Nova Scotia, which I don't know anything about Nova Scotia. And there's a huge seal population. <laughs> what? Whoa. Yeah. yeah. That's a trip. It's That's, crazy. You've got a connection. With dead people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I love that you follow your dreams, too. Like, in, in other words, most people would just wash that away. But you're like, oh, let me. You're following your gut intuition that's saying, hey, look here. And, you know, that oh, usually yeah. leads you somewhere. Yeah, usually leads you to calling relatives and letting them know news they don't want to know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> hey, mom, your dog's fine, but in Nova Scotia. <laughs> and a seal. Yeah. yeah. You'll, ne- you'll still never see uh, him again. Uh, you won't. There's not that. a chance. I also love the idea of a wiener dog turning into a seal as if that's much different. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know? Long, already low <laughs> yeah. to the ground. Long, kind of silky. Well, mm-hmm. in my mind, I going out of the water like, like, I got this. <laughs> on the chain of reincarnation, like the, then that means like seal is just right above dog. Barely? Yeah. is going backwards. Yeah. He's about to become a worm. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and my third one, you want to hear the third one? Yeah, yeah. we want to hear this one's home. different. This one's not about someone dying. Um, I was in the Ace Hotel in Palm Springs with my boyfriend at the time, and they upgraded our room. They gave us like this really weird room that spanned from both um, balconies. So I had never Uh-oh. seen this room in the Ace Hotel. And I was like, wow, this is crazy that they gave us this room. I was sleeping that night, 
and I heard the shower turn on and looked over and my boyfriend's asleep. And I was like, I must be dreaming. Like, I remember thinking, like, there's no way I'm awake. You're like, but there are no seals around. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, my grandma's not here and there's no seals. So I must be awake. Um, so I went back to sleep and then I heard it again. And I was like, there's, that's so weird. Like, there's no one in here, you know? And when I woke up, I didn't check or anything, but I looked at my boyfriend. I was like, hey, did you take a shower in the middle of the night? He's like, no, I'm a normal human. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I walked into the bathroom and the entire shower, which was like a wooden kind of sauna-like shower, was so wet. And we had not taken a shower the night before. And that was probably the scariest paranormal like experience I've ever had because it was, I felt like there was something in the room. Do you know what I mean? And and I was like, of course they upgraded us to the haunted room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you tricked us. This is about death. Because yeah. somebody, someone's yeah. dead. Somebody sawed themselves to death in that bathroom. Hundred percent. That's that's oh, a trip. What a way to go. It creeped me out. That's also creepy because you're like, and if it wasn't a ghost, that means probably a naked man was showering in our room last <laughs> yep. night and 100%. didn't say anything. Yeah, he was so quiet. Uh, <laughs> small. That's small man. <laughs> that's a me. crazy story. It's weird, right? Yeah, that is weird. Do you? Like, if you ever, oh, God, that I don't know. That one really bothers me. Yeah, it, yeah. it still bothers me. Honestly, when we talk about it, I still get the same feeling I had that night. Ugh, I don't Did like you ask it. the front desk if any if anybody else reported anything strange ever happening in that room? No, because part yeah. of me thinks, you know, when that stuff happens, you part of you yeah, part of you's like, I'm the crazy, yeah, you know, right. and you don't want to share with the front desk how crazy you are. Right. Well, because those hotel workers. They're there all the time. Yes. They see everything. In fact, yeah. like your parents and grandma and cousins at Thanksgiving, now the cousins have ghost stories too. <laughs> at, if you're at a hotel, ask the hotel front, front desk. desk or the bartender bell at the boy. hotel. Ask the bellboy. Does yeah. it exist? Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. Yeah. And be like, what's up with the ghosts in this hotel? And they will tell you. Yes. They're the best. The people who work at hotels are the best. Uh, ghost storytellers. Yeah, ever. it's true. <laughs> it's it plays like effect. a game of telephone. The, the bartenders hear it from the bartenders that worked there from before, and yeah, it always survives the ghost stories. Those are the people that know because they they work in these transient places where mm. like people come and go, and real emotional stuff happens there, like affairs, and people do die there. Yeah. People will just die of natural causes. They'll die of like murder. They'll die of suicide. So that that there's uh, a ton. There's a and hotels have. Their they're there for a long time if they're you know like how are you rationalizing it today in your mind do you do you would you subscribe to the idea that something paranormal could have taken place and turned on that shower a couple times throughout the night in that room or or do you maybe fall to the side of god i don't know what it was maybe it was just a malfunction no 100 percent of me is like it was some sort of ghost yeah yeah there's not a world like my boyfriend was also on board he was like that's fucking crazy Mm -hmm. am i allowed to cuss on this Yeah, yeah sure fuck yeah Fuck yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So he was like, he agreed. He was like, that's crazy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, in my head, I was like, because I also felt like I was hearing the knobs turn and stuff, you know? Yeah. There's something with water, too. We've heard it on here before. It's a people's, water thing. People's spr- faucets going on yes. and off in the middle of the water night. Water seems to be a conduit for it is, it the spirit realm and why. for paranormal activity in general. It's, why? Why uh, water? I read that one because I looked it up when it happened and I was like, water's well, popular. I would imagine. It's an elemental, well, right? 
that's what that's what I it might not just be water, but Fire? the pure elements seem to all be conduits. Yeah. You know, for example, our furry friend Bigfoot lives in the woods. And although they say there are a lot of there's a lot of Bigfoot activity around streams and lakes and mm. stuff like that. Same with UFO activity, which we will talk about later in this episode. Can't wait. But um I, I just feel like it, maybe there is an elemental thing to it, but water, water's so fluid. And we water's... are the blue planet. I mean, you know, we are made up of, uh, comprised of yeah, mostly we, water. We're, this we're, planet is and, made up mostly and water. And our bodies as well. So I don't mm. know. There must be something about the vibration. If we're getting into the like woo-woo, there must be something about the vibrational frequency of water that yeah. allows some sort of link to the other side but i feel like fire must too because yeah but it's fire so is such a like you don't hear it though that often you don't no. hear too many people talking about fire ones no well f- go ahead dave, what dave were i was just gonna say was was the whole w- i mean and obviously it, you wouldn't be telling the story if it was like a trickle but was the whole floor of the shower like was it as in it couldn't have accumulated from a small drip it was that thing it was, was not on. a small drip it yeah. was like a so the whole bottom and you wouldn't probably notice if we had been in a different room because the flooring of the other rooms showers are like uh just normal shower flooring yeah. but this was wooden like slats and the whole thing except for like the corners were wet it was like wow. a, a big amount of water. Yeah, and you said you didn't hear it as a trick. You said you heard it as like a, the shower got turned on or something. Yeah, I heard it. I, I heard it on twice, two different times, and then w- was convinced I was like dreaming, yeah. you know. And then woke up and it was wet. It's those normal sounds too, where you're like, Ugh. "Oh, my boyfriend is shower." Like you're not necessarily scared right away. You're like, "Oh, no. I know what that is. That's the shower." Yeah, not until the other person confirms. They didn't use the shower. Mm. I just thought, like, you know how sometimes, like, people in hotels get weird and, like, I don't know if someone has a stomach ache or something, they'll be like, I'll turn on the shower or whatever it is. I thought, like, something like that was happening. Because, you know, he was with his girlfriend, so maybe didn't want to be embarrassed. Yeah. (laughs) Wanted to turn on the shower to make less noise. I could see that. He said no. Unless he, honestly, (gasps) could he just be a liar? Yeah. Mm, he's fucking with you, <laughs> Dave. No, you think I'm onto something? I mean, I yeah. I mean, I would never would have thought of that. But that's... is my boy ex boyfriend a liar? <laughs> yeah. Wait, which which one? Mm. Is it a good one? Mm. But he was in yeah. bed. Didn't you say he was in the bed? He was in the bed. I looked yeah. over and he yeah, was in the bed. You but you were sleeping for. Wait, what about this for a twist? Yeah. What if he was taking a shit? And something else was in the bed with me. Oh, oh no. I should have taken advantage of that. (laughs) Dave. You're being very quiet. Are you scared? Where are you at on He's all this? Spooked. Perfectly terrified. I, 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 <laughs> I'm I, my. I feel like my all my experiences are a lot uh, sort of vaguer. Like they're they're a little too hazy to be either like salacious or maybe good radio. But I, I will say, well, I that's do good suffer because we're a podcast. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good. It's gonna be a shitty podcast. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I have, so I have sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. So we go. Um, that is true. You know this, no? No. Oh boy, is it not very fun? Welcome to the club. You, you, you too? have oh, it yeah. too. Oh, yeah. It, uh, I, you know, it's always. Um, it's funny. I don't. I don't have it as much anymore. But I will. Like I'm. I'm seeing someone new who'll be like you were shaking in your sleep i'm like yeah that tracks because it's me trying to wake myself up wow. because there's a person standing over me mm-hmm. obviously at the foot of my bed 
who wants to kill me. What do they look like? Oh man, just a just a vague outline of a person that's really big, mm-hmm. uh, all black, big hulking shoulders. Ah, yeah. Classic yeah. shadow yeah. man. Classic shadow. Classic person. shadow man. Just making a couple of cameos so for, in my life here. For and those there. who don't know, explain what sleep uh, paralysis is. It's. Uh, I mean, the way I've always experienced it is it's uh, normal. Usually, it'll happen. Um, I'll be able to get through the night after this, but it's right when I, like I, I have no problem falling asleep, but then, then this is when it happens. So I'll fall asleep within a couple minutes of, of hitting the pillow. And then it is like a dream like atmosphere that really resembles your actual room. For me, oh, it wow. just, it always just looks exactly well, like it's I'm awake. when your body is asleep, but your mind is awake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? And yeah. So I'll, it'll be like. No matter, even if I'm laying on my side or on my face, it is always that I'm like that I'm laying on my back, uh, unable to, completely unable to move, trapped, arms locked at your side, and there's a thing (gasps) standing over your bed that is like either advancing on you or just there, Mm -hmm. and you, and then you just your natural instinct is to just, well, I got to get up. I obviously have to get up, and then all you're doing is trying so hard to get up in this dream. Because you think you're not actually asleep. And I think that what it actually looks like is just me, like, on my side asleep going, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. just, wow. like, kind of wiggling <laughs> or shaking around. And uh, and then I wake up, finally. Like, it takes everything I – it takes all of my physical strength. Yeah. To just, like, <sighs> when I get yeah. it, I even sometimes – I live alone. I'll have my dogs, you know, there. But, like, sometimes I will even feel like – there's someone I know in another room that I'm trying uh-huh. to call to to be like, and in my in my mind I'm I'm like going help help, but I think like if you were to see me I'd be going, eh. yeah, <laughs> wait that's so that's terrifying. But scary. inside yeah. I'm like, oh god, help me, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> wake me up. Is this wake so? This is up. common. This is normal. Barely it's common. Yeah. common. I think it's common for people who are stressed, yeah, out, are you have anxiety. Highly anxious? Are you both highly anxious? Oh yeah, I have a lot of. I have bad anxiety. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you this: like I used to have listeners know this. Um, I used to have really bad night terrors ooh. my whole life, and it would come in times of when I was very stressed, and I would lose. I would. It would almost be like a. It's almost like the, um, you know, like those roller coasters where they where they launch you at the very beginning, you know, like at the credit coaster. It's yeah. like it's almost like that version of sleep paralysis where you're dead asleep and then suddenly you're wide awake and there you can see the thing standing over you and you're just awake suddenly screaming and panicking. <laughs> so it's almost like you skip the paralysis stage and go straight into like this adrenaline terror. Whoa. Yeah. And like to the point where I have heard the echoes of my own scream bouncing off the wall. <laughs> like, wow. and then I'm like, then you get really embarrassed. Cause you're like, uh, I just woke up all my neighbors. <gasps> I can't tell what just fucking happened. You know, you feel like that and your heart's racing and stuff. I'll tell you what, though. Simple talk therapy has really helped me not do that anymore because that's how, like, my anxiety really manifests itself, you know? Wow. Yeah. High high anxiety times is is when when that'll happen in my in my sleep state. I have and this is this is not uh, I I think I'm just I'm a weird dreamer. I'm also 
I don't know. I describe myself as a bad dreamer because I can't lucid dream, mm. and it 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 bothers me so much because I can't talk. I can't. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you want to that classic thing of you know you're falling and you're like I don't want to fall, and that's how you can like conquer uh, lucid dreaming. I've never been able to do that, and also I mean this is gonna sound whatever it's we're talking about it yeah but i've you're... i've it's, it's only happened twice but one was a couple months ago i've i woke up crying mm-hmm. and then i like as if nothing could have been more terrifying or scary or upsetting and i wake up like oh god those are the worst emotions and, then I can't, and i can't remember anything about what the dream was about oh so wow. i'm I, i'm immediately calm and fine when i wake up weird. so weird yeah, yeah. That Have... dream world is a slippery slope. I know. <laughs> <clears throat> Doctor Strange over here. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, this is really funny. Have you guys, you know you know how you have like uh, stage anxiety dreams, like stage fright dreams? Yes. I get lo- lo- not, can't remember my line dreams. Yeah, me nuts. too, all yep. the time. I or I my... didn't get a script dream. Oh, yeah. right, right. I had my first podcast anxiety dream oh, last night. Oh, no. shit. Yeah, where I was a guest on a podcast and I had to prepare a story. And I look at my computer and it's not like I'd <laughs> written one paragraph. And then they were all just like, we wasted an hour. We wasted a whole hour. And I'm like trying to find links That's and your stuff. story, Michael? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was <laughs> like, and they're like, guess what? This is live. This is for a live audience. <laughs> Oh, and no. and I kept waking up and then going back to sleep back into it. I'm like, dude, pick a new dream. Come <laughs> yeah, on. Why yeah. do you keep trying to go back and prove yourself? You've already blown it. Oh, man. A podcast dream Let's... is like the darkest dream you can have. <laughs> Guys, I hit rock bottom. <laughs> that someone would be mad enough like, that's not an effective springboard for conversation. <laughs> We've wasted our whole podcast. <laughs> No. We're not going to sell a single Casper mattress this episode. <laughs> oh. It was weird. I'm like, fuck, now I got these anxiety dreams too? Oh fuck God. this. I'm oh, done. Wow. That's From your livelihood or from your like side hustle fun yeah, po- hobby yeah, thing that supposed- brings you joy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is um, the thing that's supposed to be not stressful. My So my, my one non-sleep thing that is, I think... A vague and hazy <laughs> enough to be just fully like a giant scary question mark is that one time I was at my uh, childhood home in Massachusetts and it was the middle of the night and I had like I, I, I don't can't remember what I was maybe I just wasn't feeling well or I was dehydrated or something but I remember that I went to the bathroom to get some water and I looked in the mirror and I was definitely, you know, sometimes you wake up and you're a little dizzy when you stand up. Is that mm-hmm. ever? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every day. Stand up too fast. <laughs> I have low blood pressure though. So. <laughs> so that was happening. And I was, I looked in the mirror, getting like a little mini Dixie cup of water. And I saw still a little, let's just call it a flash of something behind me. Oh, yeah. Uh-uh. House orb. And, and then <laughs> I uh, blacked out and hit my head on the sink. <gasps> what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. Whoa. You might have been. And then, you know, whatever. Whatever was behind <laughs> me. Like, oh, shit, dude. <laughs> we did not need to hear that. You, 
dude, you don't even know what you experienced, <laughs> but it shit got real for you. Did the spirit of whatever what I saw go that? into me while I was blacked out on the floor? That I could have been a few things. I mean, I don't know. Tell us. What did first of all? Possession. What did the thing in the? What did the flash? <gasps> can you be specific? What would you say? Price? Possession. Yeah. <laughs> what did the thing in the? What did the it thing in the possessed. mirror look like? Can you describe it? So it was behind me, and it was just. A blue blur, possibly some sort of an outline of something, but it really didn't look like the sleep paralysis monster man okay. looks like a figure. Yeah, this was just like a. Blah, was it a uh, mist? Um, kind of a... can I call it a mist? I mean, it certainly wasn't a shade. It was a blur. Yeah, a shade was of it, light. Was, was it, a it like a shooting yeah. star, or like you know, was it something that like shot across? Like I want to, I want to really picture like... this. It just you appeared. know, like it just appeared. It and then it was gone. A blue light. And then I... Gone. And it was a light. That's weird. Yeah. Wow. Blue. I didn't expect and that. And it was behind you. It didn't overlap your um, reflection. No, it was it was behind me uh, to the to my left. You knocked weird. yourself out on the, the, the sink? I think I like fainted yeah. and hit my head on the way down. Which side of your head? Uh, Left side. Weird. It was on the left, too. Hmm. Mm. Was there yeah. any missing time, or did you? How how later did you wake up, or was it? Were you in a tree? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're just pull, we were pulling so bad for it. I was in a cold hospital. What did in the Maine. spaceship look like? <laughs> um, Can you recall? It was all. I mean, I think I got up almost like you know a couple yeah. a couple of seconds later. That's weird, though. It's I don't yeah. know. That sounds like some funky spirit energy. Yeah, but let's say for example, I had said it was like an over. Like, like what what were some of the things that you were thinking I was talking about at first? Interdimensional entity, sure. maybe uh, a quick abduction experience. Yeah, I was thinking that too. That's what Bryce and I were t- thinking. Yeah, that would make sense other. in Massachusetts too. Yeah, is that where you grew up? Yep, I had. That's I, a good question. My house was you're like, from California, Stevie. Yeah, my and house Dave, was vaguely spooky. Yeah, suburban Massachusetts. It's spooky place. Um, I will say that the only other thing that was even close to that is when I was a kid, and the reason I think this is weird is because it's never happened again. Unless I had, so I had a fever when I was a kid, maybe six years old. Unless it was like 106 degrees, I've had a fever that was bad before, and it's never happened like this since. But I had this closet door that would would never fully shut. Oh, shit. (laughs) That's when these things start. Yeah. Six years old. Yeah. So the thing I, so I've never had a fever so bad I hallucinated. In, except for this one time, and the thing I hallucinated was a single skeleton hand uh, just coming out of the door and gripping uh, the door frame. Right, that's fucked up. Yeah. Were you watching Goosebumps before this? No, I'm. I mean, I'm old enough. This was Goosebumps didn't even exist. Damn. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. I don't know. I Whoa. would. Are you? <laughs> you're in your thirties. Will you be home this Thanksgiving? Are you visiting? Do you, does your family still live in that house? They still live in the house, and I will be there in that room, sleeping in that room. You hmm. know what? Start asking questions. You want to know who died? In yeah. Here? What's going yeah. on in this house? Tell me about my fever and yeah. the skeleton. You know, Go get the public records for what happened at the house. Why not? That's a fun way to escape your family. <laughs> and it looks like library. you're doing research. Dave, where yeah. are you going? And you're having to your local own library. You get to experience your own personal it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm reenacting all the research segments of it chapter two. <laughs> to do research Amazing. on your haunted house, yeah. mom. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, there's a game we love to play with our guests. Ooh. It's rapid fire. <gasps> 
I'm going to go down a list oh. of things, creatures, you know, uh, entities. Uh, I don't know. You know what I mean? Scary yeah. stuff, fun, paranormal topics. And if you uh, believe it, you're going to say believe it. If you don't believe it, you're going to say bullshit. You're going to do this both at the same time. Okay. This is a game we like to call bullshit. Stevie. Yeah. Dave. On your mark. Get set. Ghosts. Believe it. Believe it. UFOs. Believe it. Believe it. Bigfoot. Bullshit. Little gray aliens. Believe it. Out of body experiences. Believe Believe it. it. Demonic possession. Believe it. The Bermuda Triangle. Believe it. Alien abductions. Believe it. Believe it. Loch Ness Monster. Bullshit. Believe it. Time travel. Believe it. (laughs) Mothman. Bullshit. Bullshit. Reincarnation. Believe Believe it. it. ESP. Believe Believe it. it. Haunted houses. Believe Believe it. The Illuminati. Believe Believe it. (laughs) There's a face on Mars. Bullshit. Skunk ape. What? What? Skunk (laughs) ape. He's the Bigfoot of Florida. Bullshit. I mean, Florida, believe it. Heaven. Believe, believe it. it. Hell. Believe, believe it. Sea serpents. Believe Bullsh- it. Wait, wait. Heaven? I don't believe in heaven. Okay. I no, yeah. believe in hell. <laughs> you do believe in hell. Sea serpents. Like the opposite of all Jewish people. <laughs> sea serpents. Believe, uh, believe it. it. So sea serpents are real. Poltergeist. Believe it. Believe it. Chupacabra. Believe it. Believe it. Atlantis. Believe it. Life on other planets. Believe Believe it. it. Parallel dimensions. Believe Believe it. it. The apocalypse. Believe Believe it. it. Life after death. Believe Believe it. it. Wow. Wow, Well done. That was very fascinating (laughs) to watch the two of you do that. Yeah. Um, Disagreed on demonic possession. What did I say? You said believe it. He said bullshit. I believe it. Come on, demons. <laughs> Says the guy who just saw a demon in his mirror and passed. If I got out. possessed by that, it was a pretty mild possession. Um, mm. Both enthusiastically believe in reincarnation. Strongly, I mean, Doc's into a sea lion. I got proof through yeah. my paranormal okay, activity. Great. I probably what? maybe would have said bullshit if I heard that. What story. other? What other? What? What about human reincarnation? What support do you have for that? Um, I'm like very woo woo, and I read things like Many Lives, Many Masters, yep. and I'm all I believe in reincarnation. Yeah, I mean the 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 work the the literature is out there. All one needs to do is to read it. I mean, Doctor Ian Stevenson pretty much laid the groundwork for anything close to what you would call 100 percent proof that there seems to be something of whether it's you know these people experiencing these past life recalls, which would suggest reincarnation. I mean. It's pretty incredible when you look at it. Dr. Ian Stevenson? Mm -hmm. Sounds like someone who would talk to you a lot about Jethro Tull. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dave, don't believe in heaven. Do believe in hell? That's crazy. Um... (laughs) I could amend that to say I, I just hope hell exists for certain people, but I'm just very skeptical about heaven. <laughs> okay. I like that. That's great. And uh, <laughs> you're sneering at me. But I you know, love someone who believes in hell, not heaven. That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, come on. You really think we got like a real treat coming our way? Yeah, I Put do. Bullshit on Bigfoot, huh, guys? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, All right. really. Well, okay. he just feels like story. He, he feel That to me feels like. Mm, ghost ghost stories well, you know campfire stories do you think bigfoot uh, do you think of bigfoot as a single entity yeah one one time just one guy 
So do I believe it? I mean, (laughs) well, that's why I like to ask, what does Bigfoot mean to you, to our guests every every now and then? Because I think people have a different, you know, picture in their head what Bigfoot is. Yeah, maybe it's like Like a missing link. Yeah, define what I'd like to hear this. Like Mm. you, uh, Stevie, define your image of Bigfoot, and Dave, do the same, please. I guess my actual image, like what I picture, it looks like. And what it is, where it comes from. Um, here's what I, here's my theory on it. My theory is a very big man who, um, maybe was like homeless for too long and incredibly rough on the edges, Mm -hmm. but also wears fur coats, you know, or something like kind of like drapey coats was mistaken as some sort of half man, half animal thing, but was just like a man wandering through the woods one time. Okay. Okay, great. I love B- that. Really big, though. He's like 7'5". He like could have been a basketball player if he had had a different life. Okay, great. Exactly my <laughs> sentiment because that's the thing. I mean, I think sometimes... Uh, uh, I hope this doesn't seem um, uh, insensitive, but sometimes humans can be so big mm-hmm. it can seem supernatural we've all seen big big humans big humans big guys and then you know like i don't know what the record is but you can get to people are have been close to eight feet tall sure sure maybe absolutely. even over eight feet tall so i think it's some sort of mixture of what stevie said slash sometimes people can be big misidentification yeah mm. misinterpretation of a visual weirdness okay what if we were to tell you that it's possible that there is an endangered species of North American primate mm-hmm. that is maybe living out in the deep, deep woods. And maybe there's like 75 left spread across the United States. Oh, a bunch. They're very good at hiding. They're very good at avoiding human contact. Why do they want to avoid yeah, Tell us? me why they hide. Well, why don't they want to meet us? What's so great about people? I mean, they know that they see, they live in the woods. Food? They see Wouldn't they be good food? Food. Not if they're, you no. know, we, have we don't our, need... We could get them shoes. They're not social animals. Are they animals? Well, are they? Who knows? I mean, there's different camps. People have different theories. But, but you know, the indigenous tribes, not just here in North America, but all over the all over the world have been describing these sort of large, hairy, bipedal creatures that seem to roam the woods. Mm. Um, and there is a lot of physical evidence that seems to be left behind. Um but yeah, no, I mean, it's an interesting thing. You know, Bigfoots are reported in just about 49 of the 50 states in America. Whoa. Um, still? Still, mm-hmm. to this day. You um, guys made me believe it, honestly. Well, we could show you some stuff that, yeah. would, that would certainly may, may help uh, move the needle, as they say. But uh, the, yeah, it's an interesting topic because um, so many people report seeing these things, and there's so much trace evidence left behind not just in footprints but hair samples and video evidence as Whoa. well as photographic evidence but have they done any like um forensics on the hair yeah the hairs usually come back as inconclusive because without having a, a bigfoot body on the on the lab table as they say uh they don't have anything to pull from to store in the genome database but mm, so it's um, not human then. Hairs have come back that that describe and a lot something. do come back. They're like this is dog, this is bear, this is bug. okay. But, okay. Yeah, but occasionally the, the, the promising ones are the com- the ones that come back as inconclusive, like part human, uh, but mostly primate. You know. Uh, oh wow! So it's very interesting. That's cool. What I will say is, if Bigfoot is real, I hope Bigfoot's happy. 
Like they don't want to be found. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope that they don't. Here's what I think. I hope they don't need us for anything because we want. We clearly do not. Because we've been trying. (laughs) People have been trying so hard to find Bigfoot. They have. And it's. No. Yeah. No. No. I'm. I'm. I'm agreeing. I just think. I just think. You know, if there was any, because we probably wouldn't. No one wants to kill Bigfoot. Uh, you would do. be surprised. I feel like that's exactly what proof. people want, right? Yeah. I feel like we did want to do a King Kong. Come oh, to trap New York. Him. Trap him, bring him to a big city. Mm-hmm. Put, Put him, him on display. Put him on Broadway. Bigfoot on Broadway. Bigfoot on Broadway. That's a good idea. Well, I like that sentiment. And with too. that, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, it's time for this week's story. High strangeness. And it's only one paragraph. Uh. <laughs> All right, we're back. And during the break, Grace had some really great advice for you, parent, uh, sleep paralysis people out there. Which is, what do you, what do you, what should people do to wake themselves up? I was just telling them that it's really hard for me not to talk about sleep paralysis because I think it's fascinating. And what I do is I just like lean into it really hardcore. I will just like melt into the sleep paralysis and not try and fight it. And I feel like the mistake is that like people will try and fight it and that's when they'll see the demons and they'll see all the scary stuff. But I'll just like, I'll just be like, okay, like go right, dive into it and then I'll wake up immediately. It works 100% of the time. Great. I'm going to mm. do that from now on. Advice. Let's try that, Dave. Report back to. to us, will you? Mm-hmm. Write us an email at BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com and let us know how it went. And when we go to sleep tonight in our bunk beds. Yeah. Don't fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. So, uh, <clears throat> Stevie and Dave, are you guys at all familiar with the mystery airship wave of the late 1800s? Nope. Does this ring a bell at all? Not in the slightest. Okay, wow. so between 1896 and 1897... Uh, reports and and a little before and after, but this was the big flap. Reports of strange dirigibles were alleged to be coasting through the night skies. These ships were less like the 20th century flying saucers we're familiar with today and more like steampunk zeppelins designed by Jules Verne. Alleged eyewitness accounts were printed in newspapers across the country uh, wherein individuals sometimes claimed to have met some of the pilots of these mysterious crafts, many of whom were described to be shockingly human. And the skeptical belief is that these stories were products of yellow journalism, the fake news of the day, you know, fluffy tales of high strangeness printed to help sell papers. And to be sure, there had to have been stories of airships that were pure science fiction disguised as news. Um, that much we can assume. Yet, Mystery airships remain an intriguing evolutionary step in the overall UFO phenomenon. And I bring them up today because the story I'm about to tell almost provides a missing link between those fabled stories of human piloted airships of the late 19th century and extraterrestrial pilot piloted spacecraft of the 20th century. So this is the story of the Wartena UFO incident. Mm. This story is fascinating because not only is it not a very well-known UFO encounter. Bryce, are you familiar with this at all? No, I'm familiar with that, uh, that, that dirigible flag. Sure, sure, sure. And a dirigible is just an airship, right? Yes, like a, yeah, yeah. Right. It's just a balloon. A balloon. Yeah, yeah. But um, 
this isn't a very well-known UFO encounter, and at least it wasn't to me. And it, uh, uh, strangely, almost wasn't known at all. The individual in question kept this story a secret for almost 50 years until he told it to two close friends on his deathbed in 1989. It would eventually be published by UFO researcher Warren Ashton in the March-April issue of uh, 1980... Oh, wait, 19... Crap, what, what year was it in? Uh, I think it was the 1991 issue of uh, March-April 1991 of UFO magazine. And it's an important story because this encounter takes place in 1940. And this is important because this is seven years before Roswell, seven years before pilot Kenneth Arnold encountered nine craft flying over Mount Rainier in Washington and famously coined the term flying saucer. Before the era of flying saucers. Yeah, before the big, Mm. like, time when we're like, oh, that's when all the flying saucer shit was going down. Um so I'm just double checking this date. Uh, night. Oh, sorry. It was in the night. This story was uh, reported by Warren P. Ashton in the 1997. Uh, in 1997, and then he wrote about it in the 1990 March April uh, issue of 19 uh, 1998 issue of UFO magazine. I just want to cite my sources. That's all. Okay. So the individual in question was 37 year old Udo Wartena a gold digger prospecting for Northwest Mining Company up in Townsend, Montana, near Helena, during May of 1940. According to his deathbed confession in 1989, Udo was working on a site believed to be rich with gold ore on Boulder Mountain near Canyon Ferry Lake. He'd been busy building a makeshift dam all morning, moving heavy boulders to divert water away from the area, water, mm. from the area that he wanted to mine. Come on, guys. Water. 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 Give it up so, for water. water. Love water. Shit. On this particular <gasps> uh, mid-morning in May, Uno was hard at work when he heard a humming noise coming from somewhere. And at first he just kind of ignored it, and then the sound persisted, and finally he was like, what's going on? Where's the sound coming from? And he thought maybe there was some type of plane approaching or something, and he looked around. He couldn't find anything. And finally, he walks out into the clearing near where his dam was in this meadow, and he looks up, and he saw a large silvery craft that Udo would describe on his deathbed is is looking like two inverted soup plates, quote, like stainless steel, but not as shiny. Mm. And this craft was like 100 feet. It was 30 feet deep and like 100 feet wide. That's huge. It was huge, this huge ship. So after hovering above Udo for a while, the craft landed in the meadow near the makeshift dam. It didn't touch... It didn't, no landing gear came out, but it just kind of came down and hovered above the ground. And, and the, uh, the miner watched as the bottom section of the ship opened up and a spiral staircase descended. Part, the part of the, um, the bottom of the ship, you know, spun down and that part touched ground. So Udo's watching and down the staircase walk, walks this uh, figure. And he looks like a human being and Udo says as I was somewhat more than interested I went to meet him he stopped when we were 10 or 12 feet apart 
He was a nice-looking man, seemingly about my age, which was 37. He wore a light gray pair of overalls, a tam, tam tam-a-shanner, which is, you know, circular cap like the Scots wear, of the same material on his head, and on his feet were slippers or or moccasins. So this strange man shakes Udo's hand and explains that they didn't know they didn't know that there was anyone around this area. It wasn't their custom to make themselves known. Hmm. Regardless, and this is I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna note this. This wasn't really pointed out in the articles that I read, but you'll start to see that like there's some contradictions that start to take place in in the things that this guy says. And I just hmm. kind of wanted you to keep that in the back of your mind. I don't really come to a conclusion about it, but I think it's interesting. Maybe we talk about it later. So, regardless of saying that uh, they don't like to make themselves known, he asked Udo if he wanted, uh, oh, if they could take some water from the dam. And uh, Udo later said, as I could not see, see why not, I said, sure. He then gave a signal and a hose or pipe was let down. And his English was like mine, but he spoke slowly as if he were a linguist and had to pick his way through. So this tube comes down and starts siphoning water out of Udo's uh, dam that he built to block the stream. So then Udo's then invited to check out the inside of the craft. And so he follows the guy into the ship, and as he's passing under the craft, the humming sounds get stronger. And um, he says, uh, not loud, though it seemed to go through you. And he walked up the stairs into the ship, and the sounds almost dissipated entirely. Whoa. Now, once inside, he discovered a second occupant, also with white hair and very translucent pale skin. Udo says, We entered into a room about 12 by 16 feet with a close-fitting sliding door on the farther end, indirect lighting near the ceiling, and nice upholstered benches around the sides. <laughs> There was an older man already in the room, plainly dressed, but his hair was snow white. I then noticed that the younger man's hair was also white. Udo asked the two men their ages, and they replied that they were about 600 and 900 years old, respectively, based on the way that they judged time. Those Bible ages, y'all. They also told him, well, and Udo... uh, was a Mormon mm. and and stuff about Jesus is going to come up. Okay. So they also told him that they spoke 500 languages and were basically working on their English and trying to get better at it. What? Okay. More <laughs> words or less. <laughs> so Udo could hear the ship sucking up water and he asked why they were taking up water from the stream and not the lake and the old pilots told him It was good and free of algae and convenient. Udo then asked what caused the humming of the ship, and the pilots then showed showed him the mechanism that powered the flying disc. In the outer rim of the ship were two flywheels, three feet wide, several inches thick, I'm quoting the article here, separated by rods turned by motors, next to a battery of a transformer, a battery of transformer-like, Um, bits all around the inside perimeter of the ship, moving in opposite directions. They explained that the wheels created an 
an electromagnetic force. Mm. So basically, to sum it up, in 1940s terms, this guy is told that this ship creates its own gravity through which its own gravity well through which it can break out of the gravities of planets and then use their own gravity well to pinpoint anchor themselves to distant spots across you know great distances and then skip through space Mm. on waves of light or using gravity and it sounds a lot like and they mentioned ashen mentions this in the um, article a lot like the ufo machines that Bob Lazar claimed that he worked on in Area 51 were these machines that basically like warp gravity so you're sort of falling through space at high speeds instead of being propelled through them. Um, and he asked, how do you get some, how do you power such a machine? And they're like, well, we soak it up from the sun and through cosmic energies in space and all this stuff. And he was like, well, I don't know too much about that, but that sure sounds cool. I mean, this guy's basically interacting with these people, according to him. Like, it got, you know, like he wandered into like an old car show, uh, Big Bob's, you know, like Bob's yeah. boy. What's the name of the Bob's, Bob's Burger? Big Boy. Big Boy, like in Burbank. He's like, well, what you got running there? You know, he's just, he said that he was very calm. He wasn't scared. They had a really loving energy, and he didn't really want to leave. He was like, "These guys are pretty cool. They're showing me the engine of their car." You know, I'm I'm putting wow. those words in his mouth, but he's kind of got that attitude about it. So he finally asked these guys where they came from, and they told him it was a distant planet. And Udo either didn't remember the name, or if he did, he didn't write it down. So we Fucking don't know Udo. what the name of the planet is. Udo, that's the only thing we need to know. I know. Udo! And they said that <laughs> um, they basically told him that they're like, look, we, uh, as you can see, we look like you. Uh, we look a lot like you guys. And um, we like uh, popping down here and interacting with you. We've been doing this for a long time. We've been walking amongst you guys and we like to uh, give help where we find needed. And Udo didn't understand what they meant by that and decided it would be rude to press any further. So he asked the two visitors if they knew about the teachings of Jesus Christ to which they replied that they would like to speak about these things, but are unable. We cannot interfere in any way. Mm. Which mm. there's that kind of contradiction. Again, like, so wait, you've been coming down here and hanging so, out with humans. Helping. And passing and helping, but you're yeah. also not allowed to interfere. That's Star Trek Prime Directive. It's very weird. It is, but, but it's also very weird. Maybe they just can't interfere with re- re- religion. They basically just right. say that they're like, we can't, like, fuck up your religion. Right. So we can't basically change the course of what yeah. what's going but we can maybe like do a little nudging here and here and there. Or were they just being polite and they didn't want to talk about it? It's probably yeah. Maybe true. they're not like, like we don't do religion. We don't do Jesus. We don't possibly interfere. We don't need the spiel. Skip it, please. We've read this book. So uh, finally, this um, <laughs> finally he sees. Oh, they ask him. Um, they say. Uh, can we check your body for impurities? And they put him in this x-ray machine and scan his body, which we've heard before mm-hmm. in other abductee encounters. 
uh, where they go and they have kind of this weird conversation and they'll end it by scanning their body. Wow. I While think we to, have you here, Udo, yeah, yeah. take off your pants, maybe. Well, I guess I'm here. I mean, I'm here. You guys seem <laughs> I don't want to cool. be rude. Sure, I, I, I am, I'm very polite. <laughs> I like your bench. Can yeah. I sit on that? I'll do it's, it if I can sit on the bench. Who upholstered this? Uh, Please, help so yourself. They scan him and, you know, apparently didn't find anything wrong. Or if they did, maybe they cured it. We don't know. Wow. Um, but he saw a light go on that indicated... That the water fueling refueling had finished, <laughs> and they're like, "All right, we're done." And he's and they invited him to join them on a trip across the uh, stars. Uh-huh. And Udo said, uh, "While that sounds very intriguing, I feel that that would inconvenience too many people that I know, so I have to go." <laughs> so wow. he was just so polite. And he mentions that he went, you know, and then he later thought he was, he said he later thought, you know, there was a feller about three years ago who was out here and went missing. I wonder, mm-hmm. I wonder if he Whoa. took them up on their offer. So uh, as he was leaving the ship, they told him not to tell anyone about what happened because they wouldn't believe him anyway. And when he got back to the meadow and looked back at the ship, he saw multiple portholes opening and closing as the ship took back off. And Udo just stood there and waved at his waved goodbye to his new friends. The craft lifted up into the air, circled around the treetops, and then he said, vanished, you know, almost momentarily into the sky. Mm. And he realized afterwards about two hours had passed and I don't know if that whole time he was conscious had been filled but he looked at the sky and he was like well it was about 10am when they landed and now the sun's in the noon position so I guess about two hours passed Um, but you know it kind of seems weird that he had to like judge that by looking at where the position of the sun was time flies when you're looking under the hood yeah well and there's some missing time and some I think Mm. there maybe. But after they left, he said a weird energy filled the air and he felt really weak and unable to walk for several hours. When he regained his strength, he walked back to where the craft had been and the only thing that he could find was the indentation from where the stairway had made contact with the grass. Mm. Then Udo gathered up his things and just went back to base camp and lived the rest of his life not telling anybody about this, including his wife, until he was dying in 1989. Wow. And this story was um, tracked down by Warren Ashton. He found it uh, through UFO circles and whatnot, and then he ended up you know, researching this story. And... Um, and uh, Warren Ashton wrote uh, in this article, and I, I, I want to read this quote because I thought it was pretty cool. Warren Ashton says, The detailed and straightforward report of Udo Wartana is the most revealing, informative, and totally credible of any claimed alien counter that I have studied in some 20 years of research. There is not the slightest hint of any deception, evasion, or fraud in his story, and the witness enjoyed the highest imaginable endorsement for his integrity and honesty, often given unsolicited by those who knew him best over his lifetime. Mm -hmm. If, as the evidence overwhelmingly suggests, this experience actually occurred, 
then at least part of the question about UFO origins is decisively answered. I am not claiming that this case reveals the full picture of alien activity on Earth. The spectrum of alien contact is much broader and more complex than any single case can reveal. I also do not claim that all genuine extraterrestrials have the same appearance that the aliens did in this case. However, such aliens are more frequently reported, they're talking about the human-looking ones, Mm. than even many researchers are aware of, but seem to lack the news or book-selling value of the omnipresent greys. My only research suggests that perhaps 20 or more different alien groups may be involved in visiting our planet and operating here at the present time. So obviously, a number of motives and agendas are probable. There is now also no question in my mind that some of these races live and operate among us here on Earth undetected. Cool. And that's the story of Udo Wartena and the Boulder Mountain UFO. Wow. That's wild. Wow, that's so Udo. cool. Are any of those things like the white hair and the hum, are those common? I was just Humming thinking. sounds are the, well. There's a whole race of quote unquote race of aliens called that they will call the Nordic types or the Pleiadians, which is actually how I found this story. Because this month we've kind of done some new agey kind of stuff, and you know the Nordic Pleiadian aliens are sort of the hippie new wavy aliens. And I was looking at cases, and I sort of went down a rabbit hole and found this story. And I was like, oh, this is just a cool UFO encounter that I never heard before. Mm. Um, and, yeah. and, and, and Warren Ashton says this kind of falls into that, almost that Pleiadian kind of category of encounter. Yeah, wow. but, but speaking of parallels, there's a, there's, there's a UFO incident called the Falcon Lake incident that took place in Canada. And it's one of their most famously documented UFO cases, a guy named Stefan Malkadek, he was prospecting uh, near a mine just like this guy when he saw these like silvery globes in the sky and this loud hum, which came down, a craft landed and he and, and he heard the doors open up. And what did he hear? Like all these different voices, these language, this one voice, but doing different languages. And yeah. he, and he spoke to them. He spoke three languages himself. Um, and he tried to say hello in like German and then English and then French. And, uh, but then when he, when he, when he looked inside, when he peeked his head inside, there was nobody inside the craft. Weird. Um, oh. wow. it's such a strange yeah, it's just weird thing, stuff. isn't it? And that's uh, almost weirder yeah. than, than, than like there being nobody there. This that's whole scary. thing is weird. And, 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 and listen, it's like. It's like, are we talking that, like, you know, that that Earth is like a Disneyland and all these different alien races come visit it? I don't think so. I think this phenomenon, as we've been starting to call it, sort of filters itself through individuals' consciousness. So, you know, the the object of the uh, interaction sort of uh, parlays it through his own consciousness and his own mind filter. So that's what Uday experienced, you know. Udo. Udo. Or Udo. I think it's Udo. He was of Dutch... Uh, I think that's Udo. Yeah, yeah, Udo. yeah. Um, but but it wow. is fascinating because it also is like, okay, here's here's a story that's sort of like on the tail, you know, right yeah. before the big UFO flaps, flying saucer stuff. Before happens, it exploded, and onto aliens the scene. start coming in all different shapes and sizes, yeah. and these guys looked human, much like the pilots of those you know mystery airships mm-hmm. at the turn of the century and those stories. So I just thought it was a fascinating thing because because one year, two years later. 
you know, this is in the middle of World War II, and two years later... Oh, it's absolutely fascinating. Two, you know, two, uh, less than two years later, we have the Battle of L.A., where a giant ship was, craft was seen flying over L.A., and, um, you know, so it's it's just on the precipice of things really taking off, and uh, yeah, so, I don't know, it's, it's a strange... It. great story. Crazy story. So what do cool. you guys think? What the hell is that? Mm, I believe Udo. Down with Udo. Yeah. I think I like Udo. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I th- I'm I wish that he had gone with them. A, B. I wish we never hear the story if he had went with them. Yeah, but just for his sake, he said too many. Also, it's a little egotistical. Too many people would be inconvenienced by my departure. Well, I just think it's like I just. I mean, like I have a job and I have a wife. I should probably not leave them. You almost have to analyze what we know. Is that all of his friends communicated that this? Here's a guy, a pillar of honesty. He's never been known to like make things up. And then to be on a deathbed, to be on your deathbed and be like, "There's something I've been hiding. I haven't even told my wife." And I don't know if. It that, was like literally like so I'm dying, but I think it was in the in the waning days no, of but his these, life. I'm was... saying these deathbed confessions they hold weight with me. You know what I yeah. mean? It's, it's mm-hmm. these people who want to get something off their chest uh, before they go into that other realm or or, or to the great unknown. You yeah, know? they're like I want to communicate this, and there's no real stake. It's like if you're gonna be if you're gonna be dying in a few days, it's like why would you share this unless you wanted to leave someone with like. Fuck you. Well, absolutely. Right. Now, now we're getting into the purpose of motive. Motive. Yeah. People are motivated at in every action that they do. You know, there's nothing to gain here. There's no. nothing to, you know. No, and and I, it also doesn't seem to me like somebody. And you can read. I'll post the link, and you can read more of the stuff that he wrote. Um, because he wrote down all this stuff. For, yeah. And um, he seems pretty of sound mind and body when he's telling the story. It doesn't yeah. seem like he's losing it. Yeah. Um, this story also seems to me to smack of the typical John Keel, uh, hyperdimensional, interdimensional totally. kind of ultra-terrestrial thing yeah. where maybe that these um, people were not from a different planet but from another of a different planet, maybe another dimension. Another dimension, yeah. And they're crossing uh, over. I understand. Because you know? here's the thing. that like Even like the flywheel engine and like the rotating gears, it's like, come on, if you're, if you're traversing hyperspace – in the universe, you're not going to be using cogs and wheels. You know what I mean? You're gonna- well, in the, in the, you know, he thought that maybe later in his life, he thought that maybe the water was used for like hydrogen fuel or something. But right. Maybe it's to help cross over. I to love the idea of the straw too, and then like the little water full sign. I imagine yeah. like like yeah. like a translucent gas tank. You so know, like, funny. Oh, water's so full. Ding. A light, a light goes yeah. up. Well, I mean. If it works, you know, yeah. if a mess yeah. system works, don't break I, it. I also think like the winding staircase is really funny too. Yeah. I'm like, out of yeah. all the ways it's to get out of there, I know right. you're this winding is, down. Yeah. It's like very romantic. So... <laughs> and the bench too that's mm-hmm. upholstered. Like, nice. We just had this redone. This, you should have seen what this looked like last week. It is weird. It's a weird blend <laughs> of like future and retro technology in yeah. a lot of these stories. Yeah. And, it's it's almost as if the they are taking it's almost as if Udo's imagination has helped building this craft. It's like it's like Absolutely. we're going to bring a bit of our stuff and yep. maybe a little bit of what you know to help actualize this physical form in front of you. That's exactly right. You he know? Was, he was he was experiencing There's a, a psychic phenomenon that happened. A hmm. mystical or a, or a, or a psychic sort of phenomenon that took place in his mind or in and around him that that had physical effects on him cuz just like that guy in Falcon Lake, I mean, you know, he touched an exhaust grid on the on the UFO and his chest was blasted with the same pattern of this exhaust grid 
Uh, and, and, you know, he was hospitalized for weeks after. Whoa. I mean, so this it had physical effects on him. Yeah. What's the energy depletion, though, about? Like, is that normal? Oh, yeah. He couldn't walk. They, they do. Have, there are accounts after people have are close contact, they will feel sick. They'll feel weak. They'll feel dizzy. Uh, a lot of times people have some people think it's like a radiation thing where they oh, wow. like it like they've been exposed to high dose of radiation. So that stuff does does happen. You know, if he had gone to a doctor, they might have been like, you were exposed to some weird fucking oh, stuff. Wow. For but, sure. you know, he just went. <laughs> what about also he said mentions one guy had translucent skin almost and the well, other guy didn't. Was, well, he just said he was it was his skin was so pale. It was almost translucent. Okay, okay. The older one. So mm-hmm. oh, I, interesting. I'm not sure if that was. Yeah. You know, I think I mean. The level to me, the level of detail lends itself to like, I feel like top to bottom description, not just outside. And I didn't even go into half of it because I was like, oh, boy, this is kind of boring. I think boring detail, honestly. I mean, I haven't read a lot of these like first person accounts, but I have to think that if he's that creative, like either it happened to him or he's. A science fiction writer. Yeah, right. I mean, you're a writer. This stuff is hard to, mm-hmm. like, make up on the whim. You know yeah. what I mean? These, like, minute details. It, truth is stranger than fiction. You Describing know? stuff that doesn't exist is hard. Yeah. And he Sit didn't down. profit off this story in his lifetime. Like, no. What, yeah. what is it? You yeah, know, nor, it, or really at all, honestly. Yeah. Like, and some of the details are so story. plain. Like, mm-hmm. the even the bench and, like, the yeah. staircase and stuff like that. Like, so plain. You would, If you were making it up, you would go crazy. Yeah, it's yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if there's, like, something to this, like, this prospecting thing, because you've heard it more than a few times. If mm. there's some mineral in the earth that, like, sort of... Attracts um, coalesces or attracts yeah. something with their. I mean, you know, Bryce, I don't know. I'm just weird stuff happens out in the woods. Yeah, it's All true. All right, guys. Well, it's time to wrap up another session in the clubhouse. I want to thank our guest, Stevie Nelson, and our other guest, Dave Horowitz uh, of iBurn Everything. Guys, where can people find you? Where can people find the podcast? Mm-hmm. Is there anything either of you are working on individually that you would like to plug? Um, you can find our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts um, on iTunes. It's I Burn Everything, a food and relationship podcast. And um, you can find me at I am Stevie Nelson on literally everything. Awesome. Yeah, look for me on wherever you look for any, you know, Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> not Facebook. Uh, it's Horowitz with one O. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second O, you'll find a bunch of different people that aren't me. And, um, you know, as far as upcoming stuff, like, nothing I can announce yet. But, you know, just uh, you're everyone cross your fingers. Your, I wanted you to finish that with, find look for me wherever you look for stuff. Yeah, yeah me too. I thought that's where we were Fuck, going. This guy rocks. That's fucking <laughs> you know chill. What? You know what? Walmart, <laughs> Home Depot, <laughs> Internet, Whole Foods. UFO. Yeah. I'm you, there. Look for, look for me on that recently upholstered bench. <laughs> <laughs> just nice. chilling. Uh, cool. Grace, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um, just my name, Grace Mitchell, on all platforms. Great. Oh, awesome. Watch Expedition Bigfoot on the Travel Channel Wednesday nights, 10, 9 central. Be there. That's great. And I'm McMills with two Zs on all the shits um, uh, to quote a different podcast. Uh, so uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a wonderful holiday break. We will be back next week with an all-new episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club. I also want to thank Campfire Media for hosting us and I Burn Everything. Until next time, I remain Michael McMillan for Bryce Johnson, Riley Bray, and Grace Mitchell. Good night. And go get regressed. You should get regressed. <laughs>
That's ah! like twist ending. <laughs> <laughs> Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.